Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Uh, you know, this being the last Sunday of the year, I'm sure that Pastor Johnson probably done this sometime in when he was pastor of a church. A lot of churches sort of look back over the year, see what we done good, what we did bad, the things that we never want to try again, and how we can improve on the things that does good. But it's exciting that we're closing out one year, getting ready to move into another one. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm not thankful that Jern is sick today because we're going to pray for him here just shortly. And we're going to all agree that God's going to touch him because he needs it. Uh, Jern has wrestled many years with his back and we're going to pray here in a minute that God touches that back. But I do count it an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord this morning and being able to speak to you folks. And hopefully I will have something to say that will stick with you as we get ready to embark on a whole brand new year. Let's pray for Jern. Father God, as we come this morning, Lord, you know Jern's needs better than what Jern knows them. The only thing Jern knows is, God, he, he's got pain. And Father, we all agree in this morning that you would touch that pain. God, we would prefer you heal him by your stripes. But Father, we know you gave doctors and nurses the knowledge to aid and help and take care of these bodies. So God, if that's the way Jern's healing comes, if it comes through a doctor, if it comes through surgery, that's all right. We're still going to be thankful for it. But God, we are expecting you that from this moment on, that Jern's back continues to get better. And whatever lays in store for him, God, it'll be a quick recovery. And Father, we believe these things. And we, God, we know that you're able to do these things. And that's the reason we're asking you to touch him. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. I made this statement. I even wrote, <laughs> I wrote this down. At 5 o'clock on August the 5th, in the early hours of the morning, I was preparing to speak in Virginia the next morning at our home church. I'd been up for some several hours because, I don't know, that's just what preachers do when they want to try to make the sermon a little bit better or how to figure out we can present it maybe this way. Uh, so after being setting up for a while... I got up at 5 o'clock. I needed something to drink. Uh, we keep soft drinks in the garage, so you have to leave the house and go totally outside in the garage to get a soft drink. At 5 o'clock that morning, I realized I'd been up and I needed something to drink, 
And really what I needed was a bottle of water. But when I get to the refrigerator, we have Mountain Dews and we have Dr. Peppers, the cherry ones. <laughs> so as I stepped up to this refrigerator and I opened that door, I said, God said he would supply all of my needs. My needs was a bottle of water. <laughs> but what I really wanted was that Dr. Pepper. So y'all want to guess which one of them come out of the refrigerator and went back in the house with me? Was not the bottle of water. <laughs> it was the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so let's just jump right into the sermon this morning. I won't be long this morning. Uh, but I want to be long enough till we receive something from the Word of the Lord, that we can learn something. And at Philippians, at chapter 4, verse 19, and this is what it says, and we forget this a lot of times, and my God will fulfill and satisfy every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank You for Your Word today. God, we thank You for placing us here today. Help us to obtain something from this message today, God, that we could go forth and do better. You know, this is the time of the year that a lot of people, they say, well, what's your New Year's resolution? I've made them all. <laughs> I said I was going to read the Bible through. and One year I was going to verse by verse, two chapters a day. By the end of the year I was going to get that read. Ah, that didn't happen either. I've read parts of it and... Six months later, I'll, well, let me pick up the Bible and pick up, see where I'm find where I left off at six months ago and pick up from there and go on. But uh, we all, or Junior has, let me just say this. <laughs> Junior has made the New Year's resolution that I was going to lose weight. Well, as you look at me this morning, you know that one didn't work neither. <laughs> so we, we, we make... All kinds of revolution, uh, resolutions. Uh, this is one note that I found out this week. I love the internet. Researchers suggest that only, now this, this may shock some of us, 9% of Americans that make New Year's resolutions actually keep them. 9%. 23% that make resolutions break them at the end of the first week. 43% of the people that makes New Year's resolutions, by the end of January, they're gone. So if you add them three numbers up, you come up with 75%, so at least 25%. What did they do? They, like I did for many years, they didn't even make a resolution, a resolution because they didn't figure they were going to keep it, wasn't going to keep it. We're going to eat better. Yeah, that didn't happen. But this morning, what I want us to get, if you don't get nothing else, I'm sure as we look back in this year, that God has supplied our needs many times. He said He would supply our needs and not what we wanted. But our problem as American people and as people, as human beings today, if you read and study anybody that's in the Bible, they all had all kinds of wants. And some of them God gave them to them, and some of them did, but none of them ever worked out when we get what we want instead of what God wants for us. Because listen, church, people said, I, I want to be closer to God by the end 
of 2023, and we probably made this resolution in 2022. So here we are at the end of 2023. Are we any closer to God? Do we pray to Him any more than we did in 2022? I hope and pray that you, ha- that you do. Many people say, well, I- I- I'm going to study the Bible every day. Well, that's a good thing to do every day. The church that we came out of in Virginia, and the pastor that actually married Bonnie and I many years ago, uh, he was preaching one Sunday morning, and he made this statement from the pulpit. He says, I want us all this week to go home and read the New Testament. Well, you know, his mother, being a school teacher, that wasn't a problem for her because she'd read and taught all her life. So she goes home, she reads the whole New Testament. He comes back on Sunday, next Sunday morning, and he asks, he said, well, how many read the New Testament? Well, you know, his mother was about the only one in church that raised her hand. This was his question. Mama, what did you get out of it? Well, you didn't say I was going to get nothing out of it. You just said read it. Many times in our life, and I found this to be with Junior, when we get under these reading programs that we're going to read the Word of the Lord in a year's time, that we, a lot of times we just pick it up and we read it. We don't give God time to speak to us from His Word. I tell them they someday, I'd rather just get one, word, one verse from the Word of God and understand what God has got in that verse for me is read the whole chapter and get nothing. Or read three chapters and get nothing. Or be like, my pastor's mother read the whole New Testament and get nothing. As we studied, as I have studied, and as you, if you studied Philippians much, you know this, that Paul seems to be jumping around. A lot of them says, you know, that this was getting close to the end of Paul's life because he was in a prison. He was chained. Uh, he had a friend that came to him to bring him stuff from the first church plant that he did in Europe. And he brought him food. He brought him fragrance. As you begin, <laughs> this is one of the things which I, I've totally got ahead of myself. When I read the Word of God in, in a, a verse, because keep in mind, when the Bible was written, it didn't have chapters and verses. And I tell them sometimes, I say, uh, I think the last time I preached at Saugersville, it started out with a but was the first word in the verse. Well, this one starts out with a and. Well, what is it that's before that end that the Bible was talking about? Because sometimes I, I look at the Bible and I said, all right, this is what the Bible says. But what is it that it's not saying? It says he'll supply all your needs. It don't say he will supply all your wants. If you back up on this and you find that Paul, he's in prison. And if you go back to verse 15, he says, you... Philippians indeed know that in the early days of the gospel when I left Macedonia and the church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help and for my needs more than once. He said, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that accumulates to your account. I have been paid in full and have more than enough. I am fully satisfied that I have received from Paphilophilus the gift that you have sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. 
when I backed up and I read the verse full before that, because I've been in one of these jails, not never as a prisoner, thank God. Not that I didn't do some dumb stuff that I probably should have had a night or two in prison. Uh, back when we lived in Virginia and I was a coal miner, we would go sit down in the road and we'd pick it, try to stop travel, you know, all, all that stuff that you used to see, how coal miners picketed years ago. I, that was me. I was right there in the mix of that because we supported the other companies as they were shut down and we would still be blessed to be working. But the only time that I had my fingerprints taken, and I mean, you know, it, it was a paid day for us because I took a sick day, and a lot of the boys that went with us, they, they took sick days and we went. So we knew when we got there, we were going to be in the road long because they were going to come carry us. So they had troopers. They sent them in down there below Lebanon, Virginia. They sent the troopers in to get us out of the way. And I tell people, I said, I, I, I've learned a lot of lessons from that. Because I said so many times when I stand before a congregation, God needs to just move me out of the way and, and, and take over this body and make it work. But as we were sitting in the road, state troopers came and, you know, we sat like an Indian with your legs crossed that before I had two knee replacements and shoulders just <laughs> in pretty good shape. Now they couldn't carry me that way. They would come up, they would get you under the arm, then they would carry you to the bus. Now when you got ready to get on the bus, they made this statement. You can either walk on that bus or we're going to put you on that bus. I said, I'll walk. Just let me down. My feet work. <laughs> so they hauled us over to a school where they was running everything through because they was running through three, 400 people a day. Uh, and it was a whole day thing. They made it to where we was not going to get back on that picket line till the end of our day. So they took us out and they fed us dinner. But that was the only time that I was ever fingerprinted, probably uh, still on the Virginia records. <laughs> but I tell people, we need to help bear one another's burdens. Now, as we look at the year getting ready to close out, they some of us that will just like to roll and put the calendars back to January because some of us have lost Loved ones. I know some of you all have. But I tell people this. When it comes to the holidays, we miss them the most. But I tell them, I said, the present that God gave us for these holidays is what should make us the happiest. Because it's through and by this man that Paul has talked about and told about throughout his writings. It's Jesus that's going to bless us one of these days till we will see our loved ones again. And they will not be sick. They will not be broken. They will not be struggling to breathe. For that, I thank God every day. But God said He would supply all of our needs. And our needs and our wants is where we run into problems in our Christian life. So many times, God will be trying to tell us something. And we'll be reading the Bible. Maybe it's not happened to you. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that battles with this. I told some of the ladies before I started preaching, I said, this may only be for Junior. I said, none of y'all may not have these problems. I said, but Junior's got these problems. We'll sit down and we'll be reading the Bible, and we, we will be communing with God's Spirit. 
And we will be, man, this is so good. And then all of a sudden, somebody will come over, or a phone will ring, or a show will come on the TV, and we will just lay the Bible down. Oh, we pick it up after a while. Well, we shouldn't lay it down. When God's communicating with us, we should hold the Bible truth. We should keep it dear to our hearts. Because, folks, when it comes to losing a loved one, there is nothing as good as this word right here to comfort you. Nothing. I don't care what you try. I've known people that lost loved ones. They tried drinking. I told them, I said, but when you sober up, I said, you're still going to miss your loved one. I said, it's going to be a whole, you, you, you've got to face that battle. But if we have a hope in Jesus, we're going to see him again. But God and our needs, <laughs> that's where we're at. As we go into Mar Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, this is another one of these verses that you read, or I read, and then I back up and say, okay, what was it? As you read 6, Luke chapter 8, it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need of before you even ask Him. Okay, the first thing pops in my mind, be like who? Well, in order to be know who them is, you've got to back up and you've got to read that verse that was before that one. And the verse that was before that one, you know, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. Very important thing. Out of all the things that Jesus did in sight of the disciples, they, he asked them, what would you get, want me to give you? He said, teach us to pray. I would have thought, teach me how to walk on the water. Teach me how to pray and heal people. Teach me how to raise the dead. But no, the apostles that walked with him every day, they wanted to know how to pray to stay in touch with the Heavenly Father. And if we back up just one verse, we will find out who them are. He says, when you are praying, do not heap up every phrase as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. And then we go in, do not be like them. I tell people sometimes a short prayer does more than praying all day. I don't know how many of you know me, but I was raised in the back country part in the hills and the mountains and the hollers of West Virginia. And we had churches on every corner, seemed like, when we was growing up. And when churches had revivals, when a preacher showed up, he thought, you know, sometime during this service, I'll get to say something. Well, over time, you learn the ones that's called long-winded. <laughs> so we had one brother that came to the church, and he was a little bit long-winded. So they decided, okay, this is the way we're going to handle him tonight. We're going to let him close in prayer. That way he won't be take up so much time. Because a lot of the Pentecostal churches where I come from, they would start at 7 o'clock at night, but at 11.30 that night they still wide open and just a hammer. So they figured it out, okay, we'll wait and let him dismiss us. This was the word that come out of his mouth at about 10 o'clock at night. I have the gift of prayer. 
He never got to say nothing, but he preached his message in his prayer. <laughs> when I was very young as a Christian, <laughs> my grandmother, she was raised in church, and I, and I love my grandmother. I can't wait to see her. Uh, for all the abilities and what I have today, I credit a lot of them to her with my Christian walk with God. But my grandmother said this. Uh, she said, Junior, <laughs> and you're singing, you're always too fast, too loud, too slow, or too quiet. She says, what God gives you, speak it loud enough that people can hear it. And then, as I began to get older, this was 12, 13 years old, grandmother. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. She lived, I maybe 70 yards from where we was raised at. But uh, Bonnie and I had just gotten married. We'd moved to Radford, Virginia. And uh, we were kids. And then God blessed us that we was going to have a kid. So we did. And God blessed us. And it seemed like from the time that Mindy was born, we were all the time taking her to the doctor's. It just seemed like, I think we had tubes put in her ears twice because fluid kept building up under them. Uh, she was small and she cried more than anything else. Of course, Bonnie and I, we weren't much older than Mindy. Uh, we, you know, kids don't come with a book telling you how to take care of them. And uh, we had taken her to the hospital numerous of times. One night I, I was working second shift and I came in from work Bonnie said, Mindy's been sick. She's been restless all night. So I told her, I said, well, let's take her to the emergency room. So we got up. This was back when you go to the emergency room, and you basically just walked out on the end. You didn't have to wait nothing like you do nowadays when you go to the emergency room. So we, we bundled Mindy up, and we take her to the doctor, and he checks her, and he comes out, and this is the words that the doctor said to Bonnie and I. He says, I don't know what it is y'all searching for, I don't know what's going on in y'all's life. He said, but whatever it is, it's not this child. This child is healthy. Babies just cry. <laughs> so Bonnie and I, we began to try to figure out, okay, now if it's not her, what's it? It had to be us because there were three of us at the time. And uh, the young man that I had worked with at that time, he had just gotten saved and he began to be a part of a church plant. And with that, uh, he invited us. This, now, I'll tell you how, this, how old this was. This was back when the AFL-CIO Union Hall. You know how much you, they fight churches today. At, back in the 70s, they rented out their union hall to a church. And it was in that church building that Bonnie and I were saved by God. It was a Pentecostal church. I loved the people. It was a great experience in my life, as well as mine. Mindy done good, then God blessed us with a son five years later. And, uh, but getting back on your wants and your needs, I'm going to tell you this story and I'm going to move on. In 1974, 
your wants and your needs. Bonnie and I, she was had started working. I was working, so you know, we like everybody works today. If you got a husband and wife working, you need two vehicles. Well, we had two vehicles. There wasn't nothing wrong with them. I like to have both of them today. They was worth 20 times more than what I got out of them when I traded them or even when I bought them. But we went to the uh, new Chevrolet garage. So, you know, you walk into the showroom and all them vehicles look just all shiny and pretty and everything. <laughs> Wants and needs. All we needed was vehicles, and we had two of them. God had blessed us with. But I wanted that 74 Monte Carlo, the dark burgundy with a half-white top. So bad that we bought that. We go to the store, and I loved that car so much. I bought a burgundy pair of polyester pants <laughs> with a white jacket. So, you know, when I went to church, me and my car, we match. <laughs> On Sunday morning, it had it'd rained for three days. We didn't even get the car out of the driveway. You want to drive that in the rain? Sunday morning, we go out and get ready to go to church. We open up the car door. Water runs out of it. <laughs> I tell you, I see God taught me very early. <laughs> There's a big difference between what you need and what you want. The sorriest vehicle that ever rolled out of Detroit, we bought it. <laughs> All because I didn't take time Say, God, is this what you have in store for me? He had done supplied my needs. There was nothing wrong with the two vehicles we traded in. But that was the worst thing. I don't know how many times in 13 months that it was painted. At 7,000 miles, had to put a transmission in it. I don't know how many times we took it to the shop to put points and plugs in it because it never would run right. So when the warranty went out back then, you had 12,000 miles, 12 months, whichever come first. When the warranty run out on the thing, I told Bonnie, I said, I'm taking this car and I'm going to sell it to get rid of it. Now, I bought a lot of, I've blessed have been buying a lot of cars since then. <laughs> but I've never bought one that I didn't run it by God before I got carried away with what Ginger wanted. <laughs> but that was the worst that, <laughs> and God said, needs? Once. If you don't get anything out of this service today, as we get ready, and many of us will stay up to the wee hours of the night. Bonnie and I were talking tonight. We used to do it when we was young. Now we're at that age of when you go to the doctor, he looks at you and he says, At your age. <laughs> at our age, we no longer set up to watch the ball fall. We no longer set up to bring send the old year out and the new year in because we have learned that we go to bed, wake up the next morning. The, the number will change even without us being awake to watch it. So we don't do that no more. Bonnie asked me the night, she said, we going to stay up and watch the new year in? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I said, but here is what I want to happen in the new year. The one thing that I, I really want God to help me with. I still battle the same battles. God, 
Help me to know what my needs are and not my wants. If you come to our house, you will see a lot of things that we wanted. When we moved down here in 93, uh, we bought a place in Farmer because we didn't know if we were going to stay here or not. So we bought a single wide trailer on three-quarters acre lot. It supplied our needs. Uh, then we bought seven acres of land out off of Old Lexington Road, and we decided we was going to build a house. Well, God blessed us to build a house. He blessed me with good health. He blessed my son to help me. My daughter helped me. We even have a picture of one of our granddaughters mixing this mortar in a wheelbarrow. I told him, I said, don't let the government get a hold of that. They'll get us for child labor. Because she, she was probably five or six. <laughs> but we built a house. And my brother kept telling me, he said, Junior, that's a big old house. Well, you know, I didn't think it was that big a house. It was only 63 feet long. It was 33 and a half foot deep or something. And I told myself, that's not that big a house, I don't think. Well, we got up, and as we began to build it, my brother kept saying, what's a big house? Won't. I wanted the big house. Well, we got the big house. 3,400 square feet. You want to know how much of the house we could live in right now? A third of it. <laughs> One side is the master bed bedroom, the walk-in closet, the master bathroom, and... The other part is in the center where the living room and the kitchen and the dining rooms, all of that. <laughs> but I told him, I said, what I wanted was a nice house. So that's what we built. Then I said, God, you have blessed me. It took us 15 months to build it. And I'm thankful every time I, I walk in the doors, I'm thankful. Because one of the things that we did when we built the house, the center part's got glass up 20-some feet. But as you stand in front of the house and you look at it, it looks like a big cross right in the middle of it. Every door in that house has got a cross on the top part of the door. And there's not a time that I don't look at them doors that I thank God for what we have. And then Bonnie, she starts cleaning it and she said, we don't need this big a house. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> we live, when we sold the place that we lived in Farmer, we came to the house and it wasn't finished so we had to move in to hit. We bought a camper and put it out in the front. I love the camper. You take two steps, you was at the bathroom, another step and a half and you was in the bed, you sit on the sofa, watch the TV, one step up, you reach and get the fridge or sit back down on the sofa. Remote, right across, the TV looked big. And I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, I didn't have a problem. A lot of people said, well, we would have killed one another living in a camper for five months. I said, I didn't mind it. I had a son-in-law at that time, he come out and he said, that would drive me crazy for me to wake up every day and look at that building and think I had to work on that thing today. I said, I didn't think a day like that. I woke up every day and I thank God for the health that he gave me. But what I needed 
<laughs> was about a third of that house. Uh, the camper. Yeah, that would be good. But it's all about making decisions. Let me read you a verse out of Deuteronomy. Keep in mind, Moses is talking to the peace of people of Israel. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and holding fast to Him. For that means life to you and the length of days. So that you may live in the land that the Lord swore, swore to give you and to your ancestors and to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob. Now we know when, at this time when Moses was writing in, it was all the land that, out, out through there that they was gone to possess. They was getting ready to go into the promised land. And they were so excited. God knew everything they need. He, knew, he put it all over there. He said, all you got to do is go get it. You got a struggle or two you're going to have to go through, but it'll be all right. It's still going to be what you need. As we look at these verses today, the people of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we look to heaven where our loved ones is, where the tree of life is a-blooming, where the river of life is a-flowing, and our loved ones are waiting for us. This is what we need. Don't get your needs messed up by what you want. We know that one place that David said this. And another, if you go and read Matthew 6, chapter down 31 through 34, I think it is, it talks about all these things that God says, I know you've got need of these things. He's talking about uh, water, food, health, place to stay, all these things. God says, I know you need those things. I don't have a problem with you having those things as long as you get them approved by me before you get them. When I bought the brand new 74 Monte Carlo, I never thought once about asking God, <laughs> was that what I needed? I just jumped headlong in that sign on that paper. Yeah, they gave me the keys to that baby and I took it home. The most dissatisfied car that I ever owned in my life was a 74 Monte Carlo. And I thank God he taught me so many lessons with that car. But ever since then, I've always tried to balance my needs and my wants. But you know, as we're getting ready to enter into 2024, Let's try to do this as a church. Let's try to let God pick what it is that we need and be satisfied with that. Not waste a lot of time on things that we don't need. Because let's face it, the way the world is today, I told him, I said, the only thing we need to do is be ready. Because I don't know of anything else in the Bible that needs to be done before Jesus Christ splits the eastern skies. And our loved ones may be lost today. If they are, throughout this next year, 
My prayer is God give us the words, God gives us the strength, and God gives us the guidance to know how to witness to them that we can see them saved. Because let's face it, when I go to heaven, I don't plan on taking no automobiles with me. Not a single one of them. All I want to do is take my family. Take your loved ones. So on that day, great day of the Lord, when we all sit down at the supper that the Bible talks about in Revelations, and we get to sit down with our loved ones again around that throne and eat, then and only then will we know that the most important thing on this earth is our loved ones. Nothing else matters. Everything else will pass. It burns. It gets stoled. But our loved ones is all we got to go to heaven with. That's the only thing we can take from this world. So God, Father, as we come this morning, God, at the close of this service, God, I pray, not only for Junior, but God, for everyone that is here this morning, that God, you help us to find the balance between what we need, because God, we know that we don't have to worry about that. David said in Psalms 34, he said, I was young, and now I'm old. And he's never seen the righteous forsaken, or his seed begging for bread. God, today, as we get ready to close out this year and enter into another one, God, my prayer is you teach us what it is we have a need of more than anything else in this world. And doing that, God, we will be better Christians at the end of the world, at the end of the year. God, we know that probably many, many church members Many church goers prayed the prayer at the end of last year and said, I want to be closer to you in 2023 than I was in 2022. God, I'm standing in your house this morning making that same plea. God, as we close out this year, may in 2024, may I be closer to you every day that I am blessed to stay on this earth. And God, help us to be the light that this world needs to see. Now, God, I thank you for your time, for your Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you for these people's time. God, I pray that they take something. And God, as we can enter into a new year, God, that we can enter in it knowing that you're our God, you are our Lord, Jesus is our Savior, and God, you love us. Help us to spread the love of God in the upcoming year. In Jesus' name we pray and the whole church said, Amen.